Certainly. Uh, we're asking God to meet us here, and we have been going and enjoying Revelation as God is revealing unto us who he is. Everybody don't know who Jesus is. Everybody don't understand the Acts 2.38 experience that they must be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And he will speak out of you. Everybody don't know that. A lot of people don't have that experience. Amen. Certainly this is a gift from God. And I don't know about you. Uh, I hate to go a lifetime or even make my transition out of this world not having a gift that comes from God. Amen. Certainly we thank God for knowing who Jesus is. But Revelation is written in that apocalyptic language. It deals with the end of mankind and the end of the world as we know it. Amen. But Jesus has a plan. Amen. He is the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world. Amen. And he is the one, the only one that is sitting on the throne. There is only one throne that we see in Revelation and only one that sits on that throne. Come on, somebody. He is the Father, He is the Son, and He is the Holy Ghost, and all of these three are one. Amen. We don't see three thrones in heaven. There's only one. Amen. And Jesus is His name. So we have been enjoying, I have been enjoying Revelation Amen. And we encourage you um, to go along with us. We will do you good if you have missed some of the series. Uh, certainly we have them loaded out on Facebook and we also have them loaded on YouTube. And you can go back and catch up where we are. Amen. And certainly I think it's a timely message. A timely message. Uh, I get many questions. What's happening? What's going on? What is about to transpire? Amen. Certainly... Um, that's what Paul just told us. We're not children of the night, uh, that that day should catch us by surprise. We know good and well, brethren of the times and of the seasons, you have no need that I write unto you. Amen. The Lord is soon to come. Amen. And the things that are happening, going on, and to happen in the hereafter. Amen. We're going over it right now in the book of Revelation. All right, let us uh, get right to the lesson here. We left off in Revelation, the 8th chapter. 8th <clears throat> chapter, and that was opening up. Opening up of the final uh, and the 7th seal. Amen. And certainly we know that we have 7 seals. We have 7 trumps, 7 plagues seven vows, amen, or bowls, uh, and we also have three woes, amen, and all of those are the judgments of God being poured out on this earth in a time that's called the tribulation, amen, and we know that we are in the sixth creative day of man, amen, and certainly we're coming to the end of that, and it's going to end, amen, with a thousand-year a millennial reign where God will set up his government, 
Amen. And certainly that will be the end of the sixth day and we'll go into the seventh day, which is rest. Amen. But God still will even have a plan even after that. There's a lot going on and what a glorious. Uh, this is going to be bad news for individuals that miss it. Amen. But good news for those that make it in. Amen. And certainly we want to encourage you and let you know the things that we're talking about, these um, judgments of God. The church is not going to go through the tribulation period. Amen. God is going to pull his saints out. Amen. The Bible talks about the mystery of iniquity. Who can figure out the crazy stuff that's going on today? It's a mystery of iniquity. Doth already work. And the Bible says, only he that letteth will let. God's hand is as a dam, allowing certain things to happen. Amen's things that he is not ready. He's holding them back. He's restraining them. Amen. But when he snatches his church out, he will remove his hand. And we'll see the judgments of God being unleashed as never before. All right. We see here, in, uh, let's go back to Revelation. We're going to uh, recap just a little bit. Hopefully we'll get through uh, quite a chunk of this on tonight. All right. Uh, it said, and when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. Amen. And certainly that's where we went back and we looked at Habakkuk. Uh, he cried before the Lord and he uh, asked the question, why does it seem like evil is going unpunished? And this was um, at the time when Babylon, uh, Israel's uh, enemy, uh, was coming into power. Amen. And Habakkuk saw the injustices uh, that was going on and he laid them out uh, before the Lord. Amen. And he said, you know what? I'm just going to wait and see what the Lord has to say. I, I know he's going to reprove me. Amen. But certainly Habakkuk came back and realized that the Lord was in his temple. Amen. He Lord came back and told him, I've heard um, the, what you have shared with me, Habakkuk. He said, I want you to, he said, I will stand upon my watch. And um, he set me upon the tower and will watch and watch to see what he will say unto me. He prayed out his prayer, laid out his complaint before the Lord. Then he says in Habakkuk uh, 2, 1 through 3, I'm going to wait and see. I'm going to set upon the tower and watch to see what he will say unto me and he will and what I shall answer when I am reproved. He was expecting God to come back and reprove him uh, for even opening up his mouth and even complaining. And I think that's a good thing that we're able to go to God in prayer and pour out our complaints unto him. And certainly the word came back uh, to Habakkuk, amen, and told him, you know, I hear what you're saying. I want you to be patient for a season, but we focused in on Habakkuk 2 and 20 that says, but the Lord is in his holy temple that all of the earth keeps silent before him. And certainly that silence is what we're seeing. God is getting ready to speak forcefully. My God, when we uh, look here in uh, Revelations, the eighth chapter, 
and, and see what actually transpires, wow, you know, it, it just takes your breath away to understand and know. And even David cried out uh, for the wickedness of his enemies to cease. And we found out in Psalm 7 uh, and in verse 11, he said, and God is angry with the wicked every day. He is angry with the wicked every day. My God, it may seem like he don't see. It may seem like he don't know. Uh, it may seem like nobody's keeping score. Nobody's keeping track. But God is angry with the wicked every day. And as we see here in Revelation 8, that, that uh, half hour of silence, God just wants everybody to be silent. He's getting ready to speak now. And all of those things, and one of the things that we see here is the prayers of the saints going up before God just before he's passing out his judgments on this earth. All right. In eight, <clears throat> Revelation chapter 8, verses 2 through 5, it says, And I saw the seventh angel which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having the golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne, and the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of all the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it unto the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. Amen. And certainly we know uh, the angels now are lining up at the altar uh, and these judgments are being uh, passed out. Amen. So and I want you to know, saints of God, God is not making this stuff up. All of these judgments of God are calculated and he knows exactly what is going to what each judgment will bring to pass. And as a matter of fact, uh, it's uh, strange how <clears throat> whoever would have thought in a pandemic um, the things that are happening. Uh, the stores are running out of food, but farmers are pouring out milk and destroying crop. Uh, there's a breakdown uh, in the infrastructure uh, from getting it to the producers, or to the suppliers. Isn't that something? The stores don't have enough food, but the farmers are destroying and, and uh, pouring out milk and throwing away food, destroying crop. Uh, isn't that something how uh, a, a simple disruption, or maybe not so simple, but uh, a disruption can cause effects that you wouldn't even think or even imagine could come to pass. But as I said, God is not making this up. He knows uh, his judgments and uh, what's going to be e the effects of them, and they will take you by surprise. You think the effect will be one thing, but it can be total, something totally different that you had not even considered. All right, so these seven trumps are handed out. Just as quick as the seven trumps are handed out, another angel shows up at the altar of God, 
Amen. And he has the prayers of the saints. Amen. And certainly, we know those are the prayers of the prayers of the saints that we have prayed. And those are not just uh, last night prayers, yesterday prayers. These are all the prayers that have gone up before God. Amen. And certainly, we know that God, he hears our prayer. Amen. And certainly, he answers. All right. And it was in the temple worship that those coals on, on the brazen altar, um, the altar of incense, <clears throat> there was poured out upon the coals this sweet-smelling smoke that drifted upward. And when that incense was poured on the brazen altar, that smoke came up before God, symbolizing the prayers of the saints. And some believe that it refers to the suffering of believers throughout the ages. As I say, these are not just prayers that we prayed last night. These are prayers of all of the saints. Believers that have gone through tough times, suffering, uh, yet have remained faithful. Those are the prayers, my God, that go up before uh, the God, the nostrils of God. And some even say those that were even crying from up under the altar, their prayers. When will our blood be avenged? But we see here now uh, that those prayers, just before he's cast, uh, casting judgment, giving judgment, are being, uh, they're coming as a remembrance before our God. And one other thing happens that the angel then takes the censer, he fills it with fire um, from the altar, and he throws it to the earth. Amen. My God, and can you imagine now we have wildfires? I mean, worldwide fires. Because this censer is filled with the coals from the altar. And he throws it to the earth. And the Bible says that it comes down and there were voices. There was thundering. Uh, there's lightning and a worldwide earthquake. My God. And we've seen something like that in, uh, at Mount Sinai uh, when they had told Moses, Moses, uh, we don't want uh, you just to talk with God. We want to talk to him for ourselves. And we read that in Exodus, the 20th chapter, in verse 18. And Moses said, well, all right, if y'all want to talk to God, it says, and all the people saw the thundering and the lightning and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed. In other words, they ran and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, speak thou with us and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. This was a fearful thing. My God. And each and every one of them, they said, you know what? Uh, Moses, we didn't know what we were talking about. Uh, when God comes down, he gets ready to speak. Uh, let him talk to you. <laughs> and the Bible says, and Moses, he went into the thick. Uh, it was a thick smoke. And he was, he drawn near to the smoke and communed with God. Come on, somebody. And the people stood silent. They stood still. Amen. And uh, this time, 
when the fire is thrown down and the thundering and the lightning and the voices and the earthquake, there will be no Moses there. Uh, remember, Moses has already been uh, uh, died in the street as one of the two witnesses. And the word of the Lord said, come up hither. And he has been resurrected and he has been caught up. All right. Uh, before the throne of God. Amen. So there won't be no Moses to go before uh, the people now. They're going to have to deal with God all by themselves. All right. So this sensor will cause worldwide fires. All right. There will be no response to this. There is no answer to this because, you know, all the fire departments are now overwhelmed. We've seen all of the other things that have happened and have transpired in the other six uh, seals uh, that have been opened. And certainly there is going to be utter chaos on this earth. All right. And I want you to remind you all, remember when, um, if we even consider some of the um, uh, calamities that we've had on earth to this point, Hurricane Katrina, you all remember that? Uh, a lot of the first responders, uh, they left their posts. Can you imagine that? Hurricane Katrina, as well, uh, one report said even one of the police started looting themselves. And he said, well, he needed some things for his family. So he decided to break in the store himself. Well, one of those horses and one of those judgments uh, in the, uh, I believe it was the first four, uh, fourth seal, he said the, uh, the, the Antichrist was given power to take peace from the earth. All right? And we know that the police will turn on themselves. There's not going to be no uh, uh, camaraderie. There's not going to be no police force, no, uh, no ambulance, no fire to respond to what's going on now. There is going to be utter chaos on this earth. Now, if you can imagine Hurricane Katrina all over the world, you think police going to be sitting around waiting for you to call them? You better think again. <laughs> you better think again. All right. Six and seven. And the seven angels, which had the seven trumpets, prepared themselves to sound. It's getting ready to happen now. And the first angel sounded. And there followed, what? Hell, more fire mingled with blood. My God. And they were cast upon the earth. And the third part of the trees was burned up. And all the green grass was burned up. You talk about chaos. Can you imagine that coming from heaven? Uh, not just an explosion somewhere at some, you know, chemical plant or some nuclear reactor. This is coming from heaven, the heavens itself. Uh, hell uh, that has the ability to crush, uh, to mangle, to kill, come on somebody, with more fire and blood. My God. And I, I uh, did a little search and start looking at the uh, ecological and environmental distress that would come upon the earth uh, by some of these things. I mean, uh, it says, and a third part of the trees would burn up, 
and all the green grass was burned up. Uh, can you imagine the ecosystem uh, when all the grass is burned up? Can you imagine that? And I just did a little Google just to see the e ecological and environmental distresses that would happen. And sometimes we don't think about these things. If we think about, and as I say, God is not making this up. He knows exactly uh, what the, effect, the cause and effect will be. All right. Did you know that trees, through the process of photosynthesis, uh, trees take in carbon dioxide and produce oxygen, the oxygen that we breathe. The tree does that. Isn't that something? How it has e uh, um, ecological and environmental effects. Uh, one of the things um, I noticed um, right away when I got off the plane and we had landed in Ghana, uh, Africa, and we were leaving the airport and loading up our uh, bus and getting ready to go to our hotel, uh, I could smell it's like a heaviness in the air. I almost was like something was burning or there was a suck. And um, I asked the, one of the, the Africans, uh, Ghanaians, that was helping me with my luggage, I said, what is that burning? He took a big whiff, he said, nothing. <laughs> so. Uh, it's just amazing how uh, when you don't have uh, those uh, precious resources to, do you know that trees help with the air quality? Who would have thought? But God knows. So trees improve the air quality. Um, they uh, deal with climate improvement. They conserve water. They preserve the soil. Uh, they support wildlife. Can you imagine that? My God. Uh, where are the uh, birds now going to go uh, and pick the strawberries that they eat? Uh, the apples that fall to the ground and the worms eat. Uh, all of those things uh, that are supported by the trees, now they're all gone. My God, so as I say, God is not making this up. He knows exactly what's going to happen. All right, did you all know grass is extremely important to our ecosystem, uh, whether we know it or not? All right, grass is a major food source all over the world. Without grass, you don't have no rice. You don't have no corn. You don't have no oats. All of that come from grass. And if we have no grass, how do we feed the livestock? We've already had a shortage in our food supply. And uh, they were trying to get people not to get a run because uh, coronavirus was breaking out in a Smithfield meat packing plant. It, it broke out in uh, one of the beef uh, uh, packing plants. And they were trying to get people don't run out and, and hoard up a whole bunch of beef. So all of these things uh, that we're seeing going to happen, they're already happening right now, uh, but they're marginalized. The mystery of iniquity does already work, and only he that letteth will let. God has his hand on everything. And everything that we see in this tribulation, uh, we see now most of it, not all of it, but most of it, you can see it. It's building up to this. But 
when God takes his hand back, it will be totally unleashed. My God, so if you think we have a, a shortage now, what happens when we, there's no grain to feed the beef or corn for the chicken? The Bible says that it was hell fired and mingled with blood. And we saw this also in Exodus, the ninth chapter. We talked about that, Exodus, the ninth chapter. You all remember in Egypt, Exodus 9, chapter 22 through 26. And the Lord said unto Moses, stretch forth thine hand toward heaven, that there may be hell in all the land of Egypt upon the man and upon beast and upon every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt. And Moses stretched forth his rod toward the heavens. And the Lord sent thunder and hail, and all uh, fire ran along upon the ground. And the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. So there was hail, and fire mingled with the hail, very grievous, such as there was none like it in the land of Egypt since it became a nation. And the hail smoked throughout all the land of Egypt all that was in the field, both man and beast, and the hell smote every herb of the field and break every tree of the field, only in the land of Goshen. Who was in Goshen? The children of Israel. <laughs> My God, God knows how to make a difference back then, and guess what? He know how to make a difference right now. Where the children of Israel were, there was there no hell. My God. Not only was the fire burning, but the hell as it was coming down, it was crushing. And if we think about this in the tribulation period, not only will the grass be all burnt up, but the hell is going to come down and crush, be crushing a portion of the trees as well. And blood. Can you imagine that? And whose blood is that anyway? Could it be the blood of those that have been slain? My God. Those that had been, uh, were innocent, but have been killed. And what could be more infectious than blood? My God. And certainly, uh, I, I don't want to be there when this happened. My God. And, and certainly, uh, and this is why we're living this life now, so we don't have to be in the tribulation period. Amen. The Bible says, And the Lord descended from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ, they're going to get up first, and those that are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet them in the air. I don't want to go through the tribulation period. And certainly you don't either. So that's why we're living this life. That's why we are... Um, uh, suffering the things that we uh, are suffering, and I, I'm not trying to tell nobody that when you get saved, you're not going to have no problems, not going to have no situation, you're not going to have no temptation. Oh, no, this is a suffering way, but there's a reason. There is a reason uh, we want to see God's face in peace. Everybody's going to see him, but not everybody's going to see him in peace. All right. 
Verses 8 and 9. Revelation 8 and 9. Revelation 8, verse 8. And the sea became blood. And a third part of the sea uh, that had life died. And a third part of the shipping trade is destroyed. My goodness. And the sea became blood. All right? And the, and the second angel sounded, as it were a great mountain burning with fire, and was cast into the sea. And a third part of the sea became blood. And a third part of the creatures that were in the sea and had life, what did they do? They died, and a third part of the ships were destroyed. My goodness. A great mountain burning with fire was cast to the sea. Not only do we see the fire that's falling down on the earth, but now it's going after the sea. And as a result, it says a third part of the sea became blood. Well, what happens when all of those mammals, and whales, and killer whales, and dolphins, uh, sea turtles, sea lions, they can't survive in blood. And as a result, it says it became blood. And a third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life, they died. And a third part of the ships were destroyed. A third part, what happens to all of those, you know, we say everything now is made in China. What happens to that shipping trade when we can't get the things that we, matter of fact, we're finding out the effects of that now. Uh, the disruption that this pandemic has caused, there, that has led to a whole lot of shortages. But what happens when a third part of the shipping uh, industry has gone other, under the things from China, the things that we get from Japan, Singapore, trillions of dollars in trade is now lost. All right. So not only uh, are the cattle destroyed because of lack of grass, but now the fishing industry has been severely limited. All right. Did you all know that the ocean provides at least a sixth of the animal protein uh, that we eat? Uh, red lobster. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the places. Uh, shrimp hut, new wave, ocean air. Um, what's the captain? <laughs> uh, all of the fish, shrimp. Lobster, tilapia, catfish, a third of that is now gone. And what happens uh, when uh, the demand goes up and the supply is limited? Uh, they may have shrimp, but you can't afford it now because a third of that industry has been uh, eliminated. It has been destroyed. My God. Uh, it says, as the world's population continues to grow, you know, uh, that's how the shipping industry, these 
areas are able to build new worlds, new places, new areas of development uh, by the shipping industry, getting items where they need to be. All of that being disrupted. And the sea has now turned into blood. And as I say, uh, what could be more infectious than blood? I mean, uh, if you have any kind of cut, any kind of opening, uh, if that blood is infectious, which I'm sure it is, uh, you're going to be infected and could cause you to die from the blood that now the sea has turned. Uh, it has turned now into blood and all of those things that once survived by the sea, sailed on the sea, was part of the sea, is died. It has been affected. All right, let's read verses 10 and 11. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star. And that star, we believe, is a meteorite, a great star, large um, matter that falls. We know that stars are uh, burning gas. Uh, that you can see most of them, not all of them are visible by the naked eye, but they're uh, balls of gas uh, that's burning millions of miles away. Amen. But this one was a great star, believed it to be a meteorite from heaven, burning as it were a lap, and it fell upon a third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of waters. And the name of that star is called Wormwood. And what happens? And a third part of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died of the waters because they were made better. My God. Now, do you notice how when these uh, trumpets are sounding, um, now, God could just totally, can utterly destroy everything if he wanted to. Uh, but they're not, these, these, these judgments of God, they're not designed to totally kill everything at once. It's they're designed to punish. And at the end of the punishment comes death. Oh, God knows how to avenge. He, he knows how you know, that's why he said, vengeance is mine. You, you can't do what God can do. None of us have the power or the authority uh, to bring uh, repayment uh, back to our enemies. But God knows how to avenge, amen, uh, his enemies and give them what they have coming. And certainly we notice here that these judgments are coming and there's only doing a third part, a third part of this, a third part of that because there's a whole lot of suffering coming on. But the Bible says the wages of sin is, and we know they're all leading to death. So they're designed to punish and then bring about death. Now, I don't have to do any Googling on how important water um, is to human life. What happens when all the fresh water, spring water, uh, becomes bitter? It's contaminated. 
And the Bible says that many men died, and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. And certainly this is why this is called the great day of God's wrath. Amen. Uh, this seventh seal comprises the whole second half of the tribulation period. Now remember the tribulation is seven years. Seven years and it's divided up into two parts. You have three and a half years of the first part and then you have three and a half years of the second. Now the first six seals were the first three and a half years of the tribulation. But the seventh seal comprises the whole, matter of fact, the seventh seal and the seven trumps and the seven vials and the seven plagues are all part of the three and a half, the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. All right. And that's why the scripture says, who shall be able to stand? All right. Verse 12. It says, and the fourth angel sounded. And a third part of the sun was smitten, and a third part of the moon, and a third part of the stars. So as a third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and uh, the night likewise. That's total darkness. Total darkness. Has anybody ever um, realized how much light you get? Uh, at night, don't let it be a, a full moon uh, light, but um, just a regular night, a regular moon, and the stars that you can visibly see give a lot of light. But this particular plague here says a third part of the moon and a third part of the stars and a third um, and a third part of them was darkened. And the day shone not for a third part, and the night was likewise. Not only did the day lose its ability to give light, but even at night, there was no light. I'm talking about total darkness. I, I, uh, anybody ever been in a place where you put your hand right before your face and you can wave it and there's total darkness? My God. Uh, now... Even the earth, uh, the sun, the moon, the stars, and even the night are not going to uh, uh, give its light. And they will be total darkness. And uh, don't, you can forget about calling DTE, calling the, the power company. There will be total disruption and all of those things that we know, uh, uh, those companies, the utilities and uh, the police, fire, ambulance. There's none of that anymore. You are all on your own. As a matter of fact, when we talk about hell, fire, earthquake, total darkness, water that's bitter, uh, you don't stay in one place. You just go where you can survive. If one of those meteorites come and, and happen to hit your house, hit your domicile, hit your area, your community, your hood, what do you think? You're going to stay there? 
Oh no, it'd be just like nomads roaming around, trying to find shelter, trying to find food, trying to find protection. My God, and certainly this is a day and time that none of us saints of God, we don't want to be part of this. All right, uh, doing a little bit of research, I found out the first day of winter gives us nine and a half hours of daylight. The first day of summer gives us 14 and a half hours of daylight. Those two, if you, if you take a third of that away, uh, there may be some days where you only get three hours of light, uh, five hours of light, and some nights you only get three hours. And other than that, it's total darkness. My God, maybe you'll get a blip, a, a, a glimpse of something burning in the distance. But the earth, uh, the sun, the moon, the stars, even the night is not going to yield its light. It will be total and utter darkness. All right, let's look at verse 13. And I beheld, I looked, and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. My God, John said, I saw an angel flying by, and he said, Woe, woe, woe. You haven't seen, if you thought uh, these four trumps were bad, the next three are going to be worse. My God, can you imagine that? The worst is yet to come. What have we had? We've had the censor thrown to the earth that have caused mass fires. The first trump, we had uh, hell mingled with fire and blood. All right, and a third of the trees and all of the grass was burnt up. Anybody that have uh, allergies and uh, asthma, difficulties, you talk about pre-existing conditions, uh, sensitive to smoke. My God, a weak heart. There is no ambulance. There is no police. There are no city services. My God, there is no urgent care facilities. There is no health care. Who's there to assist you if you become handicapped, if you become hurt? You are on your own. Amen. We had the second trump that was a mountain of fire that was thrown into the sea. The sea is now burning. And it's uh, turned into blood. A third that was living in the sea, uh, the sea creatures, third of them are now dead. And what do you think going to happen to those carcasses? They're going to float to the top and they're going to stink. Anybody ever seen a uh, head fish? You see come to uh, go to the river and you see the little gathering of fish off to the in the corner. Something has happened or there was chemical spill. Uh, there's a high stench that comes from rotting uh, fish. All of those seals and mammals and whales, 
there's going to be a great stench coming from the sea. My God, the shipping industry has been disrupted. Those things that used to get through are no longer uh, making it through. The third trumpet, that was the meteorite that fell to, from the sky. It was that uh, uh, star was named Wormwood and caused all of the fresh water, the drinking water, to become poison, become bitter, and men died as a result of trying to drink. Can you imagine being thirsty? And you know the water was gonna, is gonna kill you, but you're so thirsty anyway. You try it anyway, you drink it anyway. And uh, men died as a result of that drinking water that's now poisoned. The fourth trunk, we can see the destruction because now you can't even see the destruction because now the earth, uh, the day, the moon, the stars, and even the night is not going to yield its light. You'll have your hand right before your face and you won't be able to see anything. And this angel that comes and says, whoa, 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 says, guess what? You ain't seen nothing yet. You better tell somebody sitting next to, I don't want to be here for this. I, I better make sure my calling and election is sure. All right. Uh, I want to share with you. Uh, let's go over to um, Revelation, the 14th chapter. Because there's something here that happens, and this is um, John sees something that pertains to the reaping of the earth during the tribulation period, and we can see it here also um, being uh, separated by the three and a half years of the first part of the tribulation and the three and a half years that transpires in the second part of the tribulation. Two different reaping, uh, reaping, and we're going to read it here in Revelation, the, the 14th chapter. And I want you to notice, and this is, we're at the second one, because now we've opened up the, the seventh seal, and this is the entire three and a half years um, of the last part of the tribulation period. But I want you to notice, uh, since we both have them both here, I want to read uh, both of them so we can go over them. All right, Revelation 14th uh, chapter in the 14th verse. He said, I looked and behold a white cloud and upon the cloud one sat like unto the son of man, having on his head a golden crown and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud um, thrust in thy sickle and reap. For the time is come for thee to reap. For the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat upon the cloud thrust in his sickle into the earth, and the earth was reaped. And another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle, and another angel came out from the altar, 
which had power over fire, and cried with a loud cry to him that had the uh, sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in the sickle into the earth, and gathered the vine of the earth, and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without uh, the city, and the blood came out of the winepress, even unto the horse's bridle, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. My God. And certainly uh, here in verse um, uh, 20, uh, that is talking about the battle of Armageddon, the blood that's going to be shed. We're not there yet, but this is just letting us know how much blood is going to be shed. All right. Now, he said the first angel was like unto the Son of Man. Um, this is an angel carrying out the plans, uh, the foreknowledge of God. All right. The angel is doing the bidding of the Lord. And what is about to take place? Well, he's going to harvest. And he has the equipment that he needs to perform his task because he has a sickle. And uh, I don't know if, if everyone is aware what a sickle is, but that's something that a sharp uh, instrument, a point at the top, and it has a, a curved blade with a handle. You can take it, and if you're in the wheat field, a corn field, you can take that sickle and swing it, and it cuts everything in its path. So the angel, uh, it's time for the harvest, and I want you all to know this is the first three and a half years uh, of the tribulation period, because this is a summary of what has happened so far, and we have already been through the first three and a half years. He has the tool for the harvest. We know he's ready to harvest, and he has what's necessary. He has a sickle in his hand. And the second angel comes out of the temple and gives him the order. All right, what does he say? For the time is come for thee to reap. For the harvest of the earth is ripe, and he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. My God. So this is the first, the reaping of the first three and a half year period of the tribulation. What did he harvest? Well, we've already read that. All right, you all remember in Revelation 7 and 14, uh, that was the great tribulation saints, the saints that came out of the great tribulation. Amen. Uh, you all remember that. You can go back and read it. But we had um, uh, about uh, several groups there. We had a number that no man could number. You all remember uh, the angel of the one of the elders asked, who are these people and, and where did they come from? And uh, John says, sir, thou knowest. <laughs> and he said, these are those that are from the great tribulation. Those that have been dressed in uh, white. All right. So that was a group that no man could number. All right. We had the 144,000. 
We had the two witnesses. All right. We had another group of every nation, kindred, and tongue. Those that were beheaded for the cause of Christ. All right. They did not take the mark of the beast in their hand or in their foreheads. All right. And then we had those that were crying up under the altar uh, that were the palm bearers, all standing before the throne, not around the throne, but before the throne on the sea of glass. That was the first reaping uh, that the angel with the sickle went in and reaped the earth. Now, this is the one we're concerned with because this is the second one, and we're dealing with that right now. All right? Uh, let's go back and read. He said here um, in verse 17. And another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven. He also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came from out from the altar, which had the power over fire. And he cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle. This is the second one now. All right. The first one was the first three and a half years of the tribulation period. And we saw what was harvested. Now we're ready to have the second sickle, which is the second part of the three and a half tribulation period. And we're about to learn what's going to be harvested with this. All right. All right. Which had power over fire and crowd, uh, cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle, and do what? Gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth, and gathered the vine of the earth, and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. My God. And certainly, we know that those that went into the great uh, wine press, anybody know anything about uh, making uh, wine the old-fashioned way? They would put the grapes in the wine press, and then uh, they would have individuals that would get into uh, that vat, and then they would start stomping the grapes, walking on the grapes, trotting the grapes, all right? And then that wine would come down, it would run down in the vat, uh, and that's how they produced wine. However, in this case, what we're seeing is that second reaping of the earth is the second three and a half tribulation period, it said, go in and thrust in your sickle, uh, her grapes, the earth, um, the, gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And he gathered them and he put them in the wine press of the wrath of God. And guess who's stepping and trampling and trotting? And this ain't wine coming out. This is blood. The wine press of the wrath 
of God. And what we're seeing and seeing uh, being poured out now is the wrath of God. God is trampling. God is trotting. He's stomping on somebody. And if you know anybody or heard of anybody that have uh, produced um, a wine in this method, uh, there's no way of, of trampling grapes that you don't get some of that stain, that grape stain on your garments. And uh, we see here in Isaiah, he prophesied about this time of the trotting, uh, the stomping, the trampling of wicked men. Oh, don't tell me no God don't know how. Oh, yeah, God knows how to bring back a repayment um, for the wickedness of this world. All right. So this great line press of God, this was God's wrath. Uh, the, uh, the wine press was trodden without the, the city and blood, not wine, blood came out of the wine press. And it was even until a horse's bridle by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. And that's where we have uh, the blood that is shed at this time and uh, accumulated with the blood at the Battle of Armageddon. All right? That uh, statistic given there, it says, uh, and the blood came out of the wine press, even into the horse's bridle, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. All right? This is 200 miles long, a half mile wide, and to the depth of a horse's bridle is six feet. We're talking about the blood of evil men. My God. Uh, that's being paid, re, uh, being repaid for the wickedness. Um, God is mad at the wicked every day. The things that we see happening right now, going on right now, God is mad. And that space, when that uh, uh, that space that started at the eighth, with the seventh eighth chapter, with the seventh seal being opened up, and that half hour of silence, something is about to happen. And certainly we see it. God is stomping. God is, 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 is trampling. Come on, somebody. My God, it's in the wine press of the wrath of God. And blood is coming out. And that blood shed is going to be 200 miles long a half mile wide and six feet deep is the accumulation of the blood that's going to take place during this last three and a half years and the battle because we're setting up now the battle of Armageddon. And that, what is that? The Antichrist is going to convince the world powers, seven world powers and ten earthly kingdoms, what are those? Those are uh, kingdoms, uh, places that still have monarchies. What are monarchies? Kings, Britain, uh, Saudi, uh, and we have the Vatican. Don't forget that one. Uh, places that still have kings. Those are uh, uh, considered kingdoms. And the Antichrist are going to gather them together and tell them, let's fight against God. 
My God. And, and God says, listen, the grapes of the earth are right. Stick in your sickle and get the clusters of grapes and put them in the wine press of the wrath of God. And I'm going to stomp them and trample, uh, trample on them. I'm going to crush them. And the blood is going to come out. And it's going to be 200 miles long. My God, where, where, where can you go 200 miles away from here? Uh, what is that maybe about from here to uh, Gary, Indiana? Uh, 200 miles. I know Chicago is about 300 miles. That bloodshed is going to be 200 miles long, a half mile wide, and to the level of a horse's bridle that's six feet deep. Trampling, stomping, trying. God is going to do that. And we're seeing it being unleashed right before our very eyes. And that's why we had to come to Revelation 14 and see this cluster of grapes that is now thrown into the winepress of the wrath of God. God is angry with the wicked every day. All right, let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah, the 63rd chapter. Isaiah, the 63rd chapter. This is the eagle eye prophet given a prophecy about the, Arma, uh, the battle of Armageddon. All right. He said, uh, Isaiah 63, verses 1 through 6. Who is this that cometh from Edom with dyed garments from Bozrah? This that is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. I that speak is righteousness, mighty to save. Wherefore art thou red in thine apparel, and thy garments like him that treadeth in the wine fat? Uh, the wine fat is the wine press. I have trodden the wine press alone, and of the people there was none with me, for I will tread them in my anger, and trample them in my fury and their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garments, and I will stain all my raiment. For the day of vengeance is in my heart, and the year of my redeemed is come. And I looked, and there was none to help. And I wondered that there was none to uphold. Therefore, mine own arm, brought salvation unto who? Me. And my fury, it upheld me. And I will tread down the people in my anger and make them drink in my fury, and I will bring down their strength to the earth. Lord have mercy. Who is this? Isaiah. Um... I heard um, 
I believe it was Bishop Haddock or Bishop Herman uh, that was teaching. And certainly we know that Isaiah did not have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit uh, that we have today. Uh, and isn't it amazing how uh, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but um, we haven't got an a inkling of the revelation that Isaiah had. Uh, so how God dealt with them back in that day, he would um, overshadow them with his spirit. They would speak. Uh, and then um, the Holy Ghost would leave them. Um, and that's how God dealt with them in that time. All right. They didn't have the indwelling of the Holy Ghost that we have today. Isaiah said a mouthful. He said, for unto us a child is born. A son is given, uh, the government shall be upon his shoulder, and the name uh, shall be called, his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And the Holy Spirit uh, said something else to him, and then he turned around and said, Who art thou? So when the Holy Ghost was on him, <laughs> he would speak great prophecies. Uh, and have great revelations, even about uh, uh, the revelation, things to come. But the Holy Ghost would overshadow him. And when the Holy Ghost came off of him, he didn't even know who. Uh, and um, think about uh, Zechariah. Half the time, uh, when the Holy Ghost would speak to him, or it would overshadow him, and wake him up, he kept falling asleep. On the angel, uh, and I it certainly give me godly jealousy. He talked to the angel so long till he fall asleep on him. And the angel uh, tell him, now lift up now thine eyes and see what goeth forth. <laughs> uh, talk to the angel of God. You know, it's amazing how, um, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. And uh, I have to pray and, and, and grovel and and. Uh, beg and ask God for a word, and, and I have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but these men, God didn't move on them that way. The Holy Ghost would just overshadow them. They would speak, and then the next moment, and, and that's what Isaiah is saying, who is this? Who is this? All right? He said a mouthful, but uh, when uh, the Lord appeared before him. He wanted to know who is this that comes from Edom. All right. Now, Edom was Israel's arch enemy. Come on, somebody. Uh, a long nemesis. Uh, Achilles heel, if you will. All right. And the watchman that was on the wall of Jerusalem, he would uh, see Edom coming. And approaching, and he would fear that it was the king of Edomite coming in his uh, crimson robe to destroy Israel. He would be leading the attack. And that's what uh, Isaiah said, uh, who is this coming in this robe? My God. But yet, it's not uh, the king of Edom. It's Jesus the Lord. And he's got on blood-stained clothes. And now he is trampling Edom. All of their, instead of Edom coming to trample them and, and overtake them, 
the Lord now is coming from trampling in the winepress, and his clothes are stained with blood. And Isaiah said, who is this coming? My God. And the Lord answers him. Let's, let's read this again. Who is this that cometh from Edom with dyed garments from Bozrah? Uh, that, uh, this that is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. All right, he says, wherefore art thou red in thine apparel and thy garments? like him that treadeth in the wine fat, the wine press. And he says, I have trodden the wine press alone. And of the people, there was none with me. For I will tread them in mine anger. I will trample them in my fury. And their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garments and I will stain all my raiment. My God. That is the winepress of the wrath of God. God is trampling, stomping, trotting out all of the enemies uh, that once plagued Israel. Uh, not only Israel, but the house of God, God's people. My God, now he's taking his, his, his wrath out on them and his, his clothes are now bloodstained because of trotting in the wine press. But as I say, that's, that's not wine. I'm reminded of uh, uh, Psalms 24 and 7 said, lift up your heads, O ye gates and lift the, be ye lifted up ye everlasting doors. For the king of glory he shall come in. Who is this king of glory? He is the Lord, strong and mighty. My God, who is he? He's the Lord mighty in battle. Who is this? It's the Lord. From stomping, trotting, trampling in the wine press. And, and my garment, my vesture. Uh, this ain't the crimson, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the king from Edomite coming to lead in the battle. I've trampled them out. Come on, somebody. My God. God's wrath. That is the second uh, reaping that's taking place in the last three and a half years of this tribulation period. That reaping, all of those men uh, that are left among somebody, all those that have defied God, the evil men among somebody, God is angry uh, with the wicked every day. They're thrown into the wine breaths. And God said, I'm going to trample, stomp, destroy among somebody. My God. This is the part of God uh, people don't want to see. You know, they say, oh, you know, God, he's such a, a loving God. Well, uh, that's what Habakkuk said. You know, God, it seemed like, you know, evil is prevailing. It seems like um, 
people of the world, they're, they're, they're getting away. They're getting over. Uh, but when that eighth, uh, that seventh seal opened in the eighth uh, chapter and there was silence, there was a reason for that silence. Because God said, I've held my peace long enough. Now I'm going to reap. Come on, somebody. My God, the clusters of grapes of this earth. Take them, put them in the wine press. And I'm going to stomp them until my garment becomes bloodstained. 200 miles long, a half mile wide, and six feet deep will be the blood that's shed. Uh, during the battle of this last three and a half years and leading up to the battle of Armageddon because that's what we're setting up right now. All right, all of the injustices that have been committed. My God, yet another um, week. And it just seems like every day there's, there's something different uh, that's going on. Um... The one thing that was so funny, um, I saw the story of the um, Caucasian woman that was calling the police. She was in Central Park in New York, and she's calling the police on a black man, he's a bird watcher. And she said, I'm going to call, and I'm going to tell him you're harassing me. And, you're <laughs> and he's recording her at the same time. And turns out, you know, she gets arrested for filing a false police report. Uh, and now she's complaining because she lost her job. Her, her reputation has been ruined. Uh, the Humane Society, she got that dog that she was choking from the Humane Society. And the Humane Society have called her up and um, uh, told her, we want the dog back. And she's complaining. She's saying, my life is being ruined. And I'm thinking, isn't that what she was just trying to do to that, that innocent man right there? Ruin his life? His reputation? His record? She, I guess she wanted him thrown in, uh, in prison. I don't know what, what, the, uh, what the charges was going to be. But I'm sure she would have made up something by the time the police got there. My goodnesses. Um, the situation that's going on now in um, Minnesota. <clears throat> A man that has his, the police officer have his knee on his neck. And he's saying, I can't breathe. Yet another, yet another person, I can't breathe. The man is down. He's handcuffed. Uh, you can't take your knee off his neck. And he goes, he becomes unresponsive, goes to the hospital, and he's pronounced dead. Do you think all of these injustices are going unnoticed by God? Um, I was even looking at Sheriff uh, Clayton on the news right here in Ypsilanti, Ypsilanti, Michigan, on Peachcrest Street. Uh, that's where the LaFloria's used to stay. And I believe um, these are some of the saints 
of the old New Grace. Uh, the Flores stayed on Peach Crest, and I think Coma Howard and um, uh, his wife uh, stayed on Peach Crest uh, Street as well. Uh, first of all, it was uh, not a good idea to have a party uh, in a pandemic, uh, but the police are called, and uh, the outbreak of, you know, and I know uh, temperature, uh, uh, tempers are flaring. Um, it, it's just not a good mix. But there's a whole lot of injustice uh, that is going on. My God. And, and we're seeing, you know, uh, the rapists, the murderers, the abusers. What about the abusers of innocent children? God is mad with the wicked every day. My God. And we see him now trampling, stomping, treading out. And there's blood coming out of the winepress of the wrath of God. And his garments are stained with blood till when Isaiah see him, he said, who is this? Come on, somebody. <laughs> My God. And he lets them know, oh, this ain't your enemy coming. This is the Savior. I'm tired of being silent. And now I'm repaying for all the evil that has been done in man's time. And that blood, again, 200 miles long, a half mile wide, and six feet deep, the wrath, my God, of the wine press of God. All right, let's go to um, Psalms. I want to go to Psalms because there's a prophecy of the Battle of Armageddon. Uh, second division, number of Psalms. Second division of number seven, we want one through five. Why do the heathen rage? And the people imagine a vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord. And look at that, against his anointed. Who is that? That's the church. That's us. Saying, let us break their bands ashore asunder and cast away their cords from us and he that sitteth in the heavens shall do what laugh and the lord shall have them in derision then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure now we have here the uh the antichrist which is going to uh, that man of peace um, and his tale of influence that was kicked out of heaven, all right? And those are the demonic forces that are now working with him. He's gonna have seven of the uh, world powers and 10 of the earth major kingdoms. 
he's going to unite them against God. And not only against God, but against his anointed. That's the church. Amen. And certainly, it says, uh, when he gives the prophecy of this battle of Armageddon, he says, why do the heathen rage? And the people imagine a vain thing. What is that vain thing? How in the world you think you're going to fight and beat God? Now, you all remember Satan, uh, when he, him and his angels uh, battled against Michael and his angels, and he, uh, he prevailed not, and he was cast to the earth, he couldn't even defeat the angels of God. How in the world he think he's going to fight against God and win? That's a vain thing. But since he's going to use flattery, he's going to gain the confidence of the people, uh, the seven world powers and ten kingdoms of this earth, uh, and organize them to fight against God. Why do the heathen rage and why do the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together. Let us all get our, uh, our, our um, uh, ministry of defense, our missiles, our rocket launchers, uh, our ballistic missiles. Come on, somebody. Uh, space Force, newly formed and, and developed. Uh, and we're going to fight against God. We're going to counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. And let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. There's no way you can fight against God and win. But the Antichrist, he's going to make an attempt. And this is the battle of Armageddon that we're setting, getting ready for. All right, he's going to make an attempt and he's going to, again, utterly fail. Because that's what God said, I'm going to trample them. My God, my clothes are going to be uh, colored in blood because of the trampling and the stomping that's going to take place when they come to fight against me. And he says, and he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. My God, the Lord shall have them in derision. Come on, somebody, you, you're delusional to think that you're going to fight against God and win. My God, and certainly when I look at this particular passage of Scripture, I think about the mentality of men today. You know, um... It, you know, I, it just seems strange to me that we're in a pandemic. Now, I know um, uh, President Trump said it was a hoax. But you would think after 100,000 uh, U.S. citizens on American soil dead, somebody would take notice. No. Well, you know, we don't want to stay at home. <laughs> this is, you know, you, you're violating my rights. I, I don't want to be under no stay-at-home order. 
Do you all see the mess that's going on because people are being asked to wear a mask? You would think, you know, we're in a pandemic. You know, we've had 100,000 people dead. You know, yeah, let's, let's stay at home for the, the, the welfare, the health. Uh, of Americans, of fellow Americans, you know, neighbors, community. Oh no, crazy! Don't wear to wear a mask. Come on, somebody, have no respect for authority. That's the you know, and this is the thing I'm talking about. All of the things that's going to happen during the tribulation period, we see that mentality going on right now, folk are crazy. And I don't think it's going to be a, a hard thing to get, uh, you know, uh, uh, the world nations and, and the, uh, uh, the kingdoms to decide, you know, hey, yeah, we can, we can win a fight against God. Because that mentality, uh, that uh, just crazy thinking is going on right now. It was a vain thing to think that you're going to fight against God and win. My God. And we're certainly uh, seeing it happen uh, right now. We got a president, you know, he look at neo-Nazis uh, with tiki torches, uh, chanting blood and soil, and he sees good people. Well, that was good people on both sides. Come on, somebody. Uh, we had Colin Kaepernick taking one knee, talking about the injustices that's going on. And he tweeted about that and commented on that. The president of the United States, he, you know, called all the NFL uh, 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 players disrespectful to the flag. Uh, they were uh, sons of bees. I wonder, is he going to comment about this case in Minnesota where this police officer have his knee on this man's neck and killed him? And you have a lot of people that, you know, religious leaders, they ain't going to talk about it, they ain't going to say nothing about it. I know somebody. As a matter of fact, he has already told us, I'm talking about the president, uh, has already told us in one ceremony it is all right to rough up people when you put them in the car. Uh, leadership matters. Leadership matters. And people need to, you know, you, you know, you need to let people know when you when you're thinking crazy, when you're talking crazy, when you're doing crazy. But when you have somebody, you know, that's proper leadership is not in control and keeping people in check, you can see the derision of the people, the delusion. Of the people. My God. And how is God going to defeat them? The same weapon that we're using today. With his word. My God. He's going to use his tongue. His word. He will defeat them in the battle of Armageddon. And certainly we will see in uh, these scriptures. Let's, um, we got time for one more. We want to go back. Um to Revelation, the ninth chapter, because we want to see what happens, and hopefully we can get this one 
in there. We're going to go to the ninth chapter of Revelation. And the angel said, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was when we were in uh, chapter 8. He said, you ain't seen nothing yet. Well, let's see if it lives up to that. Um, Revelation 9, he said, and the fifth angel sounded. And I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. And to him uh, was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit. And there arose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. My God, now we see the lake of fire, the very lake of fire, hell being opened. Now, uh, I know to much people's uh, disappointment, there's nobody in hell right now, uh, but it is ordained of, whole, of old. Uh, it, it already exists. And when the time is right, it's just going to enlarge itself. Matter of fact, we have that in Isaiah. Can you imagine he opens up the lake of fire? And when that lid is lifted off the lake of fire, there's so much smoke, the heat, the whole earth feels the heat of it. You know the earth's core is nothing but fire anyway. Hell already exists. We'll read that in Isaiah 5. Um, the eagle-eyed prophet lets us know that the hell exists already. Isaiah 5 and 11. Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning, uh, that they may follow strong drink and continue until night, till wine inflame them. Just drinking all day. And the harp, and the vial, and the taproot, and the pipe, and the wine are in um, their feasts, but they regard not the work of the Lord. They're just party goers. That's all it is. Their life is about partying, having a good time. Uh, and they don't even consider uh, his, the, uh, the operation of his hands. It says, let me back up. But they regard not the work of the Lord, neither consider the operation of his hands. Therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. And their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. Therefore, hell has enlarged herself. Hell exists already. Amen. Uh, it was... Um, Tophet is ordained of old. God already knew he was going to need a hell. Um, and when the time is right, it's just going to open up and swallow individuals. Look what it says here. Um, Therefore, hell has enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure and their glory and their multitude and their pomp. And he that rejoices shall descend into it and the mean man shall be brought down. And the mighty man shall be humbled, and the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. But the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment. And God that is holy shall be sanctified in righteousness. 
My God. And certainly, uh, we know that God is totally in control. He, as I say, he's not making this stuff up. God has already calculated and figured this thing out. Tophet is a place of burning. It's ordained of old. And when the time is right, it's just going to open, enlarge her mouth without measure. My God. And their glory and their multitude and their pomp. And he that rejoices shall descend into it. Who else is getting in? The mean man shall be brought down. The mighty man shall be humbled. And the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. But the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment. All right. So now the angel come. The fifth angel sounded. And I saw a star from the heaven. Um, a fall from heaven to the earth. And to him was given the key of the bottomless pit, the lake of fire. And he opened up the bottomless pit. And there arose a smoke out of the pit. And as the smoke of a great furnace, and as a result of them, if you think about opening up, opening up the oven, and there's a burning going on in there, uh, but when you open it up, the whole earth feels the heat. The whole or the smoke that comes from that bottomless pit, uh, that lake of fire, darkens the sun. Come on, somebody. My God. And the air was darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Now, let's look and see what comes out of it. Let's look at verses uh, 3 and 4. And there came out of the smoke, what? Locusts upon the earth. And unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power, and it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should torment them. <coughs> Excuse me. Torment them five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he is stricken, uh, when he striketh a man. And in those days shall men seek death. My God, look at that. And in those days men shall seek death and shall not find it and shall desire to die and death shall flee from them. My God. Um, that whoa, 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 do you think this uh, lived up to that, uh, that height? <laughs> That's what the angel said. You ain't seen nothing yet. That was chapter seven. Um, oh, wait, let me get, let me get back to Revelation here. That was chapter seven. No, it wasn't. I think it was chapter eight. Yep, chapter 8, verse 13. He said, And I beheld and heard the angel flying through the midst of the heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels, which are yet to sound. If you think it was bad, uh, the first four trumpets, 
These last three are going to be a doozy. I think it lived up to that hype. Now we got scorpions coming out of the lake of fire. Uh, don't harm the grass. Don't, don't, don't harm the... Uh, um, let me see it again. Commanded that they should not harm the grass, the earth, neither any green thing. Don't mess with the trees. Only those men who don't have the seals in their forehead. Don't kill them, torment them. Remember what I was saying? That a third of the earth, a third of the sea, <laughs> a third of the trees, all of the grass. God could just kill it all and be done with it. Oh, he, no, he said no. Uh, put your sickle in. Get the clusters of grapes of the earth and put them in, my, in the wrath of my wine press. I personally am going to stomp, trample, trodden until my garments are soaked with blood. And that blood is going to be 200 miles long, a half mile wide, and six feet deep before he gets done dealing with the Antichrist and all the governments of this earth that have uh, bound themselves together to fight against God. It's getting good, y'all. It's getting good. I, I think that uh, that woe lived up to the hype. Uh, the angel said, you ain't seen nothing yet. Can you imagine wanting to die and can't die? Um, do you know, uh, you can't kill yourself unless God says so. People that say that you all, uh, I remember the story of an individual that was locally right here. I saw him in the, uh, the parking lot of Meyer. He took a shotgun and put it in his mouth and pulled the trigger and blew a hole right through his head. Um, and... Uh, last I saw him, he was walking around with a hole in his face. Can you imagine that? Uh, begging for money in the parking lot of Meyer, and everybody was just kind of throwing money at him because he looked so hideous. Don't even come close to me. My God, can you imagine whatever he was going through? It's got to be a thousand times worse now. You can't die unless God say so. They're going to seek death and cannot find it. Want to die, and death is going to escape them because God said, I will have the final. I'm on the scene now. I'm going to have the final say. Yeah, I think that, that whoa, 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 was, uh, it lived up to its billing. Uh, now we got scorpions um, from hell designed to torment. Don't kill them. Torment them for five months. My God, and they're going to seek death. Can you imagine saying, I'm, I'm just going to walk in front of a semi-truck, and I'm going to let it run me over and, and be done with it? Oh, no. <laughs> that truck is going to run you over, and you might be in the middle of a road, uh, uh, a, a jumbled mess, but you ain't going to die. You're going to feel all the pain, but you ain't going to die. Because God is speaking now. All right, New Grace, God bless you. God bless you. Um, 
I'm enjoying uh, Revelation, and I hopefully you are too. And I want to uh, remind you all, um, uh, if you have any questions, if you have any questions, uh, please uh, send them to me in my email. I will read them and um, try my very best to give you an answer uh, to uh, your questions. All right, if there's someone here uh, that wants to be saved, we have a prayer line open, and we certainly uh, know that God is working. Uh, we had another candidate that called and uh, wanted to be uh, baptized and certainly wanting to be saved, and, and we thank God because God is still in the saving business. If you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, you have not been filled with the precious gift of the Holy Spirit by the evidence of speaking in other tongues, God wants to save you. Amen. This is an experience that nobody is going to uh, rehearse with you. Nobody's going to practice. Nobody's going to uh, give you any uh, lyric to follow or any words to repeat. Amen. When the Holy Ghost comes in, it speaks. Amen. That's a miracle. God takes control. He comes into your life. Amen. And it's a miracle when he speaks out of you a new dialect. And that's how you know uh, that you belong to God and he belongs to you. And you have that new birth experience. The Holy Spirit now residing, living on the inside of you. Amen. So we want to encourage you, if you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins and you haven't received the gift it's a gift that comes from God. Amen. I don't want to live this life or even pass from this life and not have the gift of God. It's available for you. Call us, 734-477-6891. Uh, 734-477-6891. Uh, that is our phone line. You can call, leave a message. We will return your call you need someone to pray with you, someone to counsel you, amen, somebody to let you know what you need to do, what thus saith the Lord, that you might be saved, we'll certainly do that with you, amen, and may God bless you, and we hope to hear from you soon. All right, New Grace, New Grace, we thank you for your support. We want to encourage you to be faithful with your tithing and with your offering. And certainly, we don't want to be those ones that rob God. Amen. I'd rather rob a bank than to rob God. I might get away uh, at the bank, but I certainly will never get away of robbing God. And how do we rob him with our tithing and offering? He said the tithe belongs to him. Amen. He's the one that gives us the wherewithal. Amen. We're enclosed in our right mind. Amen. He gives us power. To